We are very close to the beginning of the season. It's almost here. But before we get there, we got to give you a sharing circle. But this one is going to be a special sharing circle because typically we give you the content based around fantasy football. But for those who subscribe to the Patreon, you know we do sharing circles a little bit different. So for you guys, welcome to the meeting. This is Fantasy Addicts Anonymous, the only AA that's not for quitters. I'm your fantasy football mentor, Antoine Wasslicker. Follow me on all social media at Wasslicker and join that Patreon community, patreon.com forward slash fantasy AA. Choose your addiction level. Get that bonus content. Get those extra perks. Be true to thyself. Embrace your addiction. And as always, champ, get out there and earn your chip. Like I said before, man, this is going to be a special sharing circle, man. This is going to be a preview to you guys who aren't subscribed to the Patreon of the content that you get on the Patreon. So today we're going to talk about two things, man. We're going to talk about some of the stuff that's been happening over the past, uh, over the weekend. Uh, We will be also tomorrow, we'll be giving you another breakdown on more news. I know I didn't give you a news and noise episode or meeting on Saturday. And the reason being is because I wanted to wait until the uh, roster cuts so that we can talk about that stuff then and talk about how we foresee guys moving forward. So that's going to be a pretty in-depth episode, pretty long form episode where we're going to be talking about all those cuts that have been happening, uh, that happened at the deadline on later on tonight. So once the deadline happens tonight, we'll sit, we'll look at the things, we'll record that episode and drop that for you tomorrow. But this episode right here is just, again, we're going to be talking about two things. The first thing we're going to be talking about is uh, the Trey Lance trade. So we're going to talk about that. And we'll talk about the trade in itself when they, when San Francisco acquired the rights to draft Trey Lance. We're going to talk about that, and then we're going to talk about delusional fans. Now, for those who don't know, I, I myself, I am a Los Angeles Rams fan. Fan in itself, you, you, you showcase a little bit of delusion with your team. Every year you think your team can win or will win the Super Bowl. That's the faith that you have in your team. You as a fan have some form of delusion. You think that a player that you guys drafted is going to be great, even when all of the red flags are there and everything says that they won't be great. You still think they're going to be great. You believe in your coaches. You believe in every move that you guys make. You say, all right, this is cool. Then sometimes you say this is bad. But the spectrum of it is, When you say it's bad because you're a fan, you over, overdo it with the badness. And that's what we're going to talk about here today. We're going to talk about this in the context of, I was kind of, you know, sometimes I I, I get online and I get into the social media realm and I I sometimes, you know, gauge where people are. I I debate with people a little bit. Um, Sometimes they want to go far into it as an argument. I'm not here to argue minuscule shit with people i'm here to have healthy debates about football you know bring them to my brand also you know just i like to talk football with p 
people who can speak it on that on different levels. Whether it's just you're just a you know average fan, whether you're one of those guys who follow every move on the team, whether you're an X's and O's guy or girl or whoever. Um, I know I talk guys all the time. I say guys, 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 because you know, on football, in football, there's you know there's no female players, so we never, I never really say girls or anything like that, but. Anybody that talks football. I talk football with men and women. I don't have a problem with that. I play fantasy football with men and women. I have no issues with that. It's just a forced habit where we're saying guys, 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 guys. But when I say guys, I'm talking collectively. I'm not just speaking about men. I'm speaking about women as well. So just want to have healthy, you know, conversations with people of all backgrounds about, you know, football. Like talk to people. And in some in some instances, you know, when you're in groups and we make this personal because, again, I am a Los Angeles Rams fan. You have the fans that. Sometimes they they believe in something. And they have so much conviction behind it that. You can never appeal to them with logic. It's never going to happen. They're never going to be logical about the situation. Never. They're going to always have that emotion behind it, that little bit of delusion behind this situation. So, and then you have those fans that maybe they're fair weather fans. Maybe they only come around when the team is winning. And then all of a sudden when they see, oh man, we've lost, everything is falling down around them. The sky is falling. The world isn't the same, you know, Shit doesn't taste the same. My ice cream is nasty. And my bitch don't suck my dick the way I want her to suck my dick. It's just the way it is, man. This is how they feel. Everything is wrong when their team isn't performing the way they should. Now, I have these sayings within, you know, fantasy football. I say age doesn't matter until it does. Injuries don't matter until they do. And preseason doesn't matter until it does. Preseason matters when the player that's on the bubble, the guy who you want to make the team, who you've been following since college, you love this motherfucker. He goes out here and he has a great fucking preseason game. He balling his ass off in preseason. Now all of a sudden, oh yeah, this is why we watch preseason so we can see the guys that we believe are going to make the team. But then when that that motherfucker that you like, who's supposed to be a veteran on the team, he goes out here and has a trash-ass performance. Ah, preseason don't matter, man. It's just preseason. Why are we talking about this, man? It's just practice. Why are we talking about practice, man? Why are we talking about practice? See, the, the narrative changes. Things change. That's the that's the issue here. The issue is we change the way we're talking about these things. So preseason doesn't matter. And then when you're winning, nothing matters. It doesn't matter. All those mistakes that were being made, that shit doesn't matter. We win in Super Bowls. 
When we win the Super Bowls, when you're winning the Super Bowl, nobody gives a fuck about the mistakes that is being made on the team. They don't care how mediocre certain things was about the team. And here's the example that we're, we're going to talk about. We're getting deep into the discussion here because this is a legitimate conversation that actually happened to me today with the quote-unquote another Rams fan. So, within the fandom, within the community of Rams fans, Raheem Morris is always a topic of discussion. Within the community, they feel like Raheem Morris, the scheme that he puts onto the field for the defense is not good enough. We play too much soft zone, too many soft coverages. We give up too many yards underneath. And they believe that this causes us to lose games. They want Raheem Morris out. And they want somebody else in. Me, I am not one of those people. Because I understand that Raheem Morris has tailor-made the defensive scheme. Or where he did his adjustments and the scheme that he brought out last season when we were losing all these fucking games was because the offense could not sustain drives, could not stay on the field. The defense had to be on the field for a long period of time. Pretty much three quarters of the game, the motherfuckers was on the field. And he had to manage the fact that I can't have my, my defensive linemen and my linebackers rushing the passer too much because that exerts too much energy. These guys have to be on the field for a long period of time. And my corners cannot play one-on-one coverage on the back end and hold up long enough for the pass rush to get there. So instead of me having my corners play press man coverage for 46 snaps out of the game or 46 dropbacks for the quarterbacks, because typically, you know, some of those routes that they're covering are just our phantom routes just meant to, you know, shave off coverage, get the corners downfield so that you can have more running lanes. So I typically say about 46, 46 snaps per game. You play on defense. You got to cover these guys for 46 passing into roughly, you know, most teams average what? 35 passing attempts, so we'll say 35 snaps. You got to cover these guys 35 snaps. My offense, my defensive line can't rush the passer as much as we want them to rush because they're not getting home. We can't keep sending extra guys because if we keep sending extra guys, we're putting these corners out on an island and they can't play that well in press man coverage. They're going to give up shit over the top. We don't want to give up shit over the top. So we're going to put everything in front of us and we want you to make the sure tackle. That's what we want you to do. This is the defense that he had to put on the field based on the fact that the offense couldn't sustain drives and they kept going three and out, which means the defense is back on the field. We regassed. We just were on the field for, you know, eight, nine plays. 10, 11, 12 plays in that last drive. We were just on the field for 12 plays that last drive. You only gave me three plays rest, and now I'm back on the field for, for 13 more plays. It's unsustainable. So, 
people talk about that. And they say, hey, we're tired of his soft zones. So, this one guy said that. He said, tired of him playing these soft zones. This, this pussy-ass defense. So, I simply asked, hey, what, de- what, what defensive scheme would you prefer he play? He said, anything but the soft-ass zone. So I asked him, yeah, press coverage, you want him to play press coverage? Well, if you want him to play press coverage, hey, name some, name some corners that we got that you think can hold up for 35 to 40 plays in press man coverage and not give up 100 yards to, say, a Jamar Chase, a Tyreek Hill, a Justin Jefferson. You know, one of the, the elite receivers. A Chris Olave, not even saying Chris Olave is a elite receiver right now, but the, a Chris Olave, a Drake London. Who, name a corner that we have that can hold up to that. He pussyfooted around, around the question. Didn't answer the question. You know, said Raheem Morris was the reason why Jalen Ramsey left, which was completely false. Like, Raheem Morris ran him up out of there. That's completely false. If anything... Jalen Ramsey gave Raheem Morris so much praise for the fact that, yo, Jalen Ramsey was complaining, yo, I'm bored over here playing this this coverage. They're not throwing the ball my way. I need to be engaged. I need to be engaged so that, you know, you can get the best out of me. Raheem Morris took that challenge and took this man and put him all around the defense, made him a hybrid linebacker slash safety, played him in the slot. Had him rushing the quarterback, playing some zone coverages in the middle of the field. Like, he had him moved all over the board. But nobody gives Raheem Morris credit for that. Jalen Ramsey has had all of these different defensive coordinators, and none of them used him in that manner. Until Raheem Morris came along. But we say Raheem Morris doesn't know how to use his personnel when he again put together a defense that was top 10 in the league at one point in stopping the run and eliminating big plays. You didn't see people beat us 20 and 30 yards down the field. Yes, they had to dink and dunk that shit to make it happen, but he played, he played his role and put his people in a position to succeed the best he could. So then I asked this guy, and this is where it gets fucking interesting. This is where it gets funny. So I say, hey, if Raheem Morris is not the guy, since you wouldn't answer, since he didn't, he kept glossing over the what scheme you want him to run and name the players who can make that scheme happen and are currently on our team. Cause nobody could name the players that are currently on our team that could make these ideas happen or even give us an idea of what scheme they would run outside of what's already been run. Right. So I said, I'll change the question. Who would you rather have as the defensive coordinator? If you don't want Raheem Morris doing it. And the answer was, give me back Steve Spagnola. 
I said, what? Steve Spagnuolo. You, whoa, whoa. For those who don't know who that is, that is the current defensive coordinator of the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. Now, we all know that the Kansas City Chiefs defense has been the weak point of their fucking whole reign for the last four years. Their, their entire championships, their entire dynasty-like run, the defense has been the weak point. And everybody knows this shit. Teams go to play Kansas City, they be like, yo, we gonna score some points on these niggas. We gonna score some points on these dudes. We just gotta outscore Patrick Mahomes, which is easier said than done, right? The Bengals be torching these dudes. Every time they play them, they torch them. The Bills, every time they play them, they torch them. They might not, these teams might not win the game because Patrick Mahomes and the offense is outscoring those guys. But they put up mad points on these dudes. Four years. This Steve Spagnola's defense has put up, has, has allowed their opponent to put up 21 plus points every single game, bro. Like, that's their average. 20 plus, 21 points a game the fuck are we talking about here this is the guy you want back not to mention when he was with the rams he was with them three years two of the three seasons this is a defensive minded yeah he was the head coach but this is a defensive minded head coach put on the field the worst defense in the league the 15th defense in the league and the 26th defense in the league so two out of the three seasons that he was the head coach defensive minded head coach by the way bottom of the league defenses what the fuck do you want that oh he's the, he was the head coach oh okay plus not only that Two years gave us the two worst records in franchise history. One in 15, two in 14. Under this guy. Under him. This is the guy you want to bring back to be the coach of the defense. But I, I, I get it. You accept mediocrity as long as they win in championships, right? Because, because the, the Kansas City Chiefs has won two championships under that trash-ass defense that he's orchestrating, it's okay. But we all know Patrick Mahomes and that offense is carrying that fucking team. That defense is garbage. But Steve Spagnola is your choice. This is the delusion of fans. Like, he can't even, he can't even, he's so fucking delusional so much in his own way that he just sees, okay, they win championships. We want the guy that went that 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 they had because then we could win championships. The defense that he puts on the field is mediocre. You're okay with mediocrity as long as the championships are involved. That is the delusion of fans. This is the shit that's been spun and, and put out to you because the media shows you 
Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, they win championships. Now other delusional fans, hey, we want what they got. For what? When they say this is a copycat league, this is what they're talking about. When people saw us as Rams, as the Rams, you, you go all in for a championship. Now everybody's trying to go all in for a championship. They ain't always going to work every single time. As long as you win championships, then it's copy. But if we if would have lost, didn't win a championship, we would have been a laughing stock. Huh. Those stupid motherfuckers put all their chips on the table and then lost. Dumbasses. Never do that shit. But people are saying now, yo, you could do that. But if we wouldn't have won, nah, don't do that. You know, people are looking at the Eagles and they're saying, yo, you can build your team through draft and through great trades. But they didn't win. So people are still on the fence about it. Yeah, they copying it a little bit. They're like, yeah, we can try. But they're not really full on into it. When you got people like the, the Dolphins saying, hey, yo, let's fuck these picks. Let's put our tr- chips on the table. Like, we're going to take the, they did the philosophy like, you know, yo, we'll trade these picks, get enough of them, and then we'll trade them out. That's a cool segue here to us talking about how the 49ers looked at things. They looked at it the same way, almost in the same fashion that the Rams did, where they was looking at it like, hey, these guys are going all in for their quarterback that they want. They're going to trade away the quarterback that they have. They're going to trade away multiple first-round picks, and they're going to acquire Matthew Stafford. We're going to trade away multiple first-round picks to get the guy that we want to lead our team into the future. And that's what they did. They put their eggs in that basket, and they said, we are going to go out and we're going to get the number three overall pick in this draft, and we are going to draft Trey Lance. Now, y'all can come out with all the reports that you want. Shanahan didn't want them. Blah, blah, blah. There was, there was, there was dissension between him and John Lynch about who to pick. I don't want to hear none of that shit. At the end of the day, you pick the guy. You said, this is the guy that we want. We're going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo on. We're going to let Jimmy play it out until Trey Lance is ready. As soon as Trey Lance is ready, we're going to throw him in there. I guess he played a few games his first season, his rookie season. I I think that when you draft a guy top five, top ten, he should be out there day one. I've always said this. If you tank for a dude or you go out and you say, Top 10 draft pick. He's got top 10 draft capital. Yo, I'm putting him out there. Soon as week one starts. Snap number one, Trey Lance would have been out there. I don't give a fuck how bad he looks. You going to learn trial by fire. Put his ass out there. You going to learn this way. Peyton Manning did it. You know. All those guys who who were drafted like this, they did it. They went out there, they played. Let's go. You were drafted to be their number one. Let's go. I understand raw prospects like Michael Vick didn't do it, things like that. I, I get it. 
But nah. Trey Lance, put that guy out there. Put him out there. That's what you, this what you, you traded three picks, three first rounders to get this guy. You put him out there week one. But they didn't do that. And that's fine. However their philosophy was, how they wanted to approach it, that's what they wanted to approach it with like. And, and that's what they did. They approached it this way. They didn't start him immediately. But in the offseason, <coughs> leading into last year, they said, nah, Jimmy, you're done. We're getting rid of you. Trey Lance is our guy. So they saw enough in Trey Lance to say, hey, this is going to be our guy. They didn't even let Jimmy practice with the team and shit. Like, (laughs) this nigga wasn't even practicing with the fucking team. Like, yo, Trey Lance is our guy. We know it. We saw enough of him. He's our guy. Jimmy, the only reason why you're here is because we can't trade your ass yet. And we'll leave you on the roster because we couldn't, because they couldn't trade for him. They couldn't trade him away because he had the fucking, um, the, the shoulder injury or whatever. I think it was shoulder, whatever injury he had that he had to get surgery for during the offseason. He, they couldn't get rid of this motherfucker. Nobody wanted him. So they kept him on the team. They drafted Brock Purdy as the last pick in the fucking draft. Nobody thought anything about Brock Purdy, whatever. They go into the season. Trey Lance versus Justin Fields and the Bears in a fucking monsoon. Neither one of these guys played played well, but you know, Chicago got the victory. Whoop the freaking do. Cool. The very next game, this guy injures himself. He's out for the rest of the year. Ah, this is why we kept Jimmy. Now, these quarterbacks getting injured and playing, and, and the next guy up playing pretty decent has us thinking, ah, man, anybody can play in this fucking offense. Any quarterback can make this offense work. That's what they're thinking. That's what they're thinking. Now, they said Trey Lance had the four total games, basically. Brock Purdy comes in after Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, and he reels off seven straight victories, loses because of, you know, the the elbow injury. Now, again, I'm under the mindset that dudes shouldn't lose their starting job due to injury. However, it did make it very difficult. I was, I said it again. Trey Lance shouldn't have lost his job due to injury, but it's hard for us to go back to you when the guy that replaced you got a seven straight victories. <laughs> now, some people could say it was they didn't get a he didn't get a clean shake out of this. I watched this guy in these preseason games. I felt like as the preseason progressed, he got better, but he was still, he was afraid to make mistakes, in my opinion, and that hindered him from going out there, letting it rip. So now, he gets traded. They say, all right, Lance, we're done. We're moving on from you. 
because they have no issues cutting ties with quarterbacks. We're moving on from you, and we're going to go ahead and we're going to go with Brock Purdy, and we're going to go with Sam Darnold as the backup. All right. Cool. Dallas Cowboys. Call them up and say, hey, let's get them. We'll give you a fourth-round pick for them. <laughs> now, this has got to be one of the worst fucking front office moves in the history of the 49ers. Probably not the worst front office move in all of, all of, all of the NFL, but this is, this is going down as one of the worst trades in history because you, as the 49ers, you traded away three first-round picks and a second-round pick, I think it was, to get Trey Lance. Then you proceed to not utilize your, you know, third overall pick. You only gave him four or five regular season games to show you what he could do. I understand. You see this guy every day in practice, yada, yada, yada. But you believed in him enough to say, Jimmy G, you're going to sit on the bench. This guy is going to lead us. And two games into that season, he got injured. And then you fast forward to the end of the season because of what, what Brock Purdy did. This guy is no longer an option. That shit makes no sense to me. And then I can say, oh, no, we gave him a shot, man. We had that open competition. Okay. Cool. I don't think you really had an open competition, but hey. You get out from underneath that, you get a fourth round pick back. That's going to go down as one of the worst trades in NFL history. It, it's gonna, it, that's what's going to happen. And John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, you guys are on the hook for that. Unfortunately. That's going to go as a part of your legacy. Unfortunately. But What's going to be even more of a stain on the legacy? And this is just a what if scenario. If Brock Purdy goes out here because, yes, he won seven games last year. You know, people had all offseason to, to put together the tape now. We got a full tape reel, seven games that we can go and we can watch Brock Purdy. We've had actual time to actually do that. Now we have to see what he's going to do in year two. Is he going to continue to ascend? What's going to be a, a bigger stain on you guys' record here is if you have traded away Trey Lance and then Brock Purdy comes along and doesn't show improvement year two because you guys are right now your Super Bowl contenders. If you don't get there or if Brock Purdy falls apart, this is going to be a stain on the legacy of those two guys, that the general manager and that head coach. It's unfortunate, but that's the reality of the situation. 
Brock Purdy has to work for you guys. And if he does not, and then Sam Darnold comes in and does not, what are you guys going to do at this point? Like, it's going to be a stain on your legacy. It's already a stain on your legacy that you have this terrible trade on your books. But what is going to happen if these things don't work out? Now, again, I am a Rams fan. I don't like you motherfuckers at all. I don't like the 49ers at all. I'm not wishing bad things to happen to you. But I don't want to see you niggas win. I don't. I, I, it, it would be blasphemous of me to say I want you guys to win. I don't want you to win shit. But I'm just stating that this is where we're at at this point. You guys got to win. You got to. Because, again, people say, oh, Shanahan, he can make any quarterback look good. Anybody could. Why? Well, why the fuck couldn't Trey Lance look good? <laughs> shit did. What the fuck happened to him? But then we move over to the Cowboys and the fact that Jerry Jones said he didn't consult with Dak Prescott about this. He didn't consult with the head coach, Mike McCarthy, about this. Well, why the fuck should he? It's his fucking team. He does what he wants. Oh, like, that's like... Again, we talk about this shit like we forget. All right, these guys, yes, they make millions upon millions of dollars. Cool. Yeah, they're in the national spotlight. Cool. But at the end of the day, man, they just workers, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jerry Jones is the owner of the team. Dude, does your fucking boss at whatever job you work come to you and tell you he bringing in uh, Susan to be an accountant? <laughs> and ask you what you think about it? Does, does he ask you that? No, he doesn't. He or she. No, they do not. They don't come to you and ask you, is it okay if we hire Susan to be the assistant accountant? And you're the accountant. No, you, you don't. No, they don't. Jerry Jones didn't have to go to his fucking head coach and didn't have to go to his quarterback and say, is it okay? If we go out here and we trade for Trey Lance. I'll get, give him a heads up. What, what I'm going to do. I'm going to call him while I'm on the phone with the 49ers brass saying, hey, I got Dak Prescott on the line here. And I'm just wondering, is it okay if we give you this fourth round pick so that we can get Trey Lance to back this motherfucker up? <laughs> no, he's not doing that. It's not happening. Nobody's doing that. I get it, man. You, y'all think, oh, he should have, he should have called Dak, gave, he should have gave Dak Prescott a heads up. Nigga, the news happened like while they was getting ready for the preseason game. Like <laughs> they literally made this trade happen like an hour before the preseason game started. Like. The fuck out of here. I'm not talking to this motherfucker about this shit. I'm gonna make the deal. 
I'm not talking to fucking Mike McCarthy about this. I don't give a damn what Mike McCarthy thinks about this. Yo, I got Trey Lance. Use him. (laughs) Do whatever you got to do with him. Sit him on the bench. I don't give a fuck. Have him holding the clipboard. But we just traded a fourth round pick for him. And we taking on his salary. Let's go. Fuck out of here, man. I understand. Everybody what? They're, you know, they think that people should have more quote-unquote respect but it's not disrespectful it's not disrespectful that the that the general manager slash owner went out and made a move that he thought would better his franchise his team it's not disrespectful for him to do that now if he did that shit and with the intentions that Dak Prescott is no longer going to be the starter and he talked to him about it like, all right, cool. This the, you did that shit and you had a motherfucker take my job. Like, you literally, this motherfucker take, he coming to take my job? Nobody in their right mind is thinking that Trey Lance is coming to take this guy's Dak Prescott's job. Nobody thinks that. If this motherfucker Trey Lance couldn't beat out Sam Darnold, what made you think he go beat out Dak Prescott? That shit don't even make any sense. The fuck are y'all talking about? Nobody in their right mind thinks that this trade happened with the intentions that Trey Lance is going to take Dak Prescott's job. Dak Prescott under contract, the same amount of time frame that fucking Trey Lance is still under contract. They both got two years left on their deal. Ooh. What are we doing here? <laughs> like... We think uh, Trey Lance is the future of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> it could be, but he got to beat out Dak Prescott first. Like, and if he couldn't beat out Sam Darnold, the likelihood of him beating out Dak Prescott is slim to none, if you ask me. And I don't even think Dak Prescott is a great quarterback. I, he, he's pretty good. He, he's he's probably good. He's good. <laughs> you know, he makes a lot of in game. He makes a lot of you know mistakes. And late game lapses to me, but you know, that's what all those fucking Dallas Cowboy quarterbacks have done since Troy Aikman. All of them dudes, like, they've been good, but late game situations, clutch situations, they've come up short. Tony Romo included. And I think Tony Romo is great as a quarterback for those guys. Like, but damn, you know, every, every, every fucking quarterback that they've had since after uh, Troy Aikman has been due to, you know, wilt under the bright lights. In clutch moments, they don't show up. But that's the only knock that I have on Dak Prescott. I think he's, outside of that, he's a pretty good quarterback. And I don't see Trey Lance beating him out. So, you take that for what it's worth. But the notion that Jerry Jones was supposed to get on the fucking phone and talk to the head coach and uh, the head coach and shit, it's just like, no, I'm not going to do that. Not going to do that. So... It is what it is. 
But I appreciate you guys listening to me as always. I will be back with you, like I said, tomorrow with that uh, news and noise segment, which is actually going to be mostly us talking about the cuts and, you know, how we see guys moving forward. Um, if guys went up or down as far as, you know, did we change our opinion on some people uh, just to get you ready for the final the final nail in the coffin for your drafts. Um, and then we'll also talk about the, uh, you know, the people that I told you to target, the people that I told you to avoid, uh, how we stand on that at this particular point in time. So thank you again. Join that Patreon community, patreon.com forward slash fantasy AA. Choose your addiction level, earn perks, bonus content. Be true to thyself, embrace your addiction, and as always, champ, earn your chip. I'll see you guys on the next one. I'm out.